John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. I'm glad you're able to join me as we share the word of God. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we're thankful to you that you have granted us the opportunity to be alive, to read your word, understand it, apply it, to guide us through all the changing scenes of life. I know because you are a God who cares, you are the God who loves us, you help us to do what needs to be done. We can hear your word and live by it. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Friends, we've been reading the word of God and teaching through the book of First Timothy. And I'm amazed that this book is so relevant even up to today. Why? Because it is the word of God. Sometimes we think when we read the newspaper, that's when we get the latest. But yes, we get the latest, but God has said something about all those things, and they are just unraveling, they're just developing because of the pattern that God knows will exist in this world. So it is important that you and I give priority to the study of the Word of God, to its understanding, to its application, so I will live as wise servants and not as people who are blind. Today we are in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and we we'll read verses 1 to 6. 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 6. But let's, let's take it step by step. Paul has been talking to Timothy, a young pastor, how to pastor this church in Ephesus, a place that was crowded with idols, worldly philosophies, and what have you. Now, what is he supposed to do? And what do pastors still do today, those who take care of congregations? There are many things that a pastor does, church leaders do. Or they'll visit the sick, they'll counsel people, they'll marry people, they'll do burials, uh, many other rituals. I expected of a pastor. Yes, all these things are important. But in this particular address to Timothy, Paul tells him, look, there are things you must know and things you must do. Things you must know. Things you must do as a man of God. So I just titled this, How to Be a Fruitful Man of God. Yes, every society has its own challenges. The world has its challenges. And where you live and minister has its challenges. If we were not so dark with so many problems, I believe God would not have placed you there as a minister of his word. You are here to preach and teach in the dark world. That's why God has placed you here, that you be the light that shines through the darkness. The early church was invaded by false prophets. And before they came, Paul had already said it, the Spirit had already said it. In Acts 20, 28 to 31, he says, Pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers 
to take care of the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among yourselves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. This Paul warning the church in Ephesus to be careful. But soon after he left, sure enough, the false prophets arrived teaching many things. How does Paul describe them? How did he want Timothy to recognize them? How are we to recognize these false teachers who still exist today? Paul's descriptions are very, very appropriate. In verse 1, A said, Now the Spirit says, These men, they depart from the truth. In fact, he says in the latter part, Deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. This is the only place we are told where demons are mentioned in the letters of Paul. He pays more attention to the power of God, not to what Satan is able to do. But at this point, in teaching young Timothy, and for that matter, you and I who are still preaching the word of God, how to take notice of false teachers. He said these are Satan's agents. Just as they are good spirits, they are also bad spirits. Satan also requires people's hand to work, mouth to speak, their minds to work in. And they come in all kinds of guises to come and destroy. You see, Satan is an imitator. He's, he, he counterfeits. So he has his own ministers and doctrines and he seeks to deceive the people of God and lead them astray. Second Corinthians 11.3 we are told, but I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He comes to destroy people. The first test of any religious doctrine is what he says about Jesus Christ. So he says that, watch, what are they saying? Well, some people come and they profess to be Christians and they are in the church. And you don't want to believe that Satan can use them. Oh, yes. Satan used Ananias and Sapphira and they tried to deceive the church of God and they were rebuked. They died and they were buried. Even Jesus, in Matthew 16, 21 to 23, Jesus rebuked Peter. He said, what, what you are telling me is not from you. It's from Satan. Paul warned the teachers that there will be enemies that come from within the church and all these people are energized by Satan. So when you hear this, be careful. Jesus said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So they are energized by Satan. And so, when you watch them, when you hear them, 
May you ask the Lord to give you discernment. You know, who is empowering these people? Are they empowered by the Holy Spirit? Or are they empowered by Christ? Secondly, the false teachers, the demonic teachers, they lead people astray because their goal is to lead you to depart from the faith. Or they may lead you to go and worship some cross or get some holy oil or some anointed prophet or something. They draw your attention away from Christ. The difference between a true church and a cult is that the true church must seek to win converts to Jesus Christ, build them up spiritually, and try to help them to know that the Bible is the standard, Christ is the standard, and we must be like Christ. But when it comes to cults or groups that are there to place to mark direction, what do they do? They may be established as a church with a cross on it, but it's not about Jesus Christ. His name is only used. They want you to be like the prophet. They want you to be like the pastor. They want you to give to the prophet, the pastor. They want you to win souls and bring them to the church. There's very little said about Christ. Or they may do miracles. They may perform signs and wonders, healing, correcting, doing even generous acts. They do all of these things in order to lead people astray. If you belong to such group, pray that the Lord will give you discernment. If you are listening to me and you are in a church, find out, are they drawing you closer to the Lord? Or are they drawing you closer to somebody? Am I growing in the image of Christ? Is the Bible the basis of what I believe? Or is some person, some flowers, some incense, some oil? What is it? Then the third characteristic Paul gives of these cult leaders, of these dangerous people, is that they are hypocrites. They are hypocrites. And who is a hypocrite? It's an actor, somebody who is acting very well. See, we see places where men pretend to be women or women pretend to be men. If they are acting, you can all know that these are acting. But when he says these are hypocrites, say no. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. See, these people are insincere. These false teachers preach one thing, but they practice another. Do what I say, but not what I do. They tell their disciples what to do, but they themselves don't believe in what they are saying. They do different things. They know how to pick the right words. They know how to say the good things, but they do something that is very different. Satan is a hypocrite. He disguises himself as an angel of light. One of the true marks of a servant of God is that they are honest. They have an integrity to protect. They have a name. They practice what they preach. And when they are wrong, they say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I was wrong. Because the word of God is a mirror. The word of God is light. When you see yourself in the mirror and you are not dressed properly, you are just. When the light is shining on you and your clothes are dirty, what do you do? You change them. That is the mark of a minister of the word of God. But for the hypocrite, for the liar, for the false prophet, for the false teacher, no. He says their consciences are seared. 
You see, these days we, have, we see people who are tattooed, they put tattoo on their bodies. It's there. When you see the conscience is seared, it means it has become hard and without feeling. So the person's conscience is deadened. Whatever they are doing, they are doing it boldly. Some of them are confident tricksters. They'll be telling lies. They'll be telling you things so confident that you believe them. Because we all like people who are confident. But you see, their confidence sometimes is energized and empowered by Satan, not by the word of God. Or by the word of, if it's the word of God, sometimes people know that God is God. And there are things you can ask God and he will not do them. So you make room for faith. But you also make room for the fact that God's will must be done. That's what Jesus said himself. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even Jesus, he came to a point when he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But for these confident tricksters, they can give you a time when something is supposed to happen, when you must do this, when you must do this and that and that. And when it doesn't happen, oh, you didn't believe, you didn't have faith. No, they are hypocrites. We are to do God's will every day. Not just listen to people who are talking so big, so boldly in ways that make them look like they are, I mean, so close to God or they even God themselves. It is not the performance of these miracles or this goodness, these acts of goodness that take people to heaven. Otherwise, Jesus would not have given us the warning that he gave us in Matthew 7, 21 to 29. You can, you can just take it and read it yourself. Very powerful word of what Jesus tells us. These people are not just doctrinally wrong. They are also morally wrong. Their, their personal life is messed up. Some of them, you see later on that they are on drugs. They are working with juju power. They are working with all kinds of things that is empowering them. And you have just followed them. Jesus said, Look, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. That is Jesus. So he knows people will come. They would perform signs and wonders. They would do things, but they are not living right. And their purpose is to deceive people. Believing and behaving always go together. If you believe in Jesus there must be a character transformation. You must behave right. Jesus must be the Lord of your life. Then another characteristic is that these people, they deny the word of God. These false teachers in Ephesus, they combine some Jewish teaching and some Eastern teaching. You see, every culture has a way in which they worship God. And so when people come to Christ, Sometimes they read things in the Bible and they understand it this way and they interpret it another way. So you find that Paul is dealing with this doctrine that 
these people are teaching in Ephesus. He deals with the same thing in the book of Colossians. These false teachers were teaching people that if you really, really, really want to be a spiritual person, you don't have to marry. You have to be single. You have to live somewhere in a monastery and do something. You have to be like that. You don't have to eat certain things. No, you must be alone with God and spend time with God. But what they are teaching is contrary to the word of God. Yes, there are some who are Enoch's who are single for the sake of the gospel, or they are not married yet. But it is not a requirement because it is God himself who said it is not good that the man should be alone. Genesis 2, 18. And Jesus again approved marriage in Matthew 19, 1 to 9. Paul affirmed the biblical basis of marriage in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 24. So consistently, the teaching of the Bible is that marriage is good. Marriage is good. But if somebody will teach that by marrying, you have sinned, you have done the wrong things, then watch them. What are they teaching? Again, beware of any religious teaching that tampers with the institution of marriage. That gives you a list of what you should do, what you should not do, what you should eat, what you should not eat. You see, these things, these taboos, what you should eat and not eat, all seem to be very good. Because as human beings, sometimes we feel like we must contribute to our salvation. We are also doing something for God. We feel, oh yes, I've been crucified, so I must crucify uh, certain desires and appetites. Secondly, there is something in the Bible called self-control. You must control yourself and not overeat or indulge in food. But those are different things. There are people who do not eat certain things. And they must not eat certain things because they've been told that they are allergic. You see, when they eat it, they, they, they have rashes. I know people, when they eat granite or certain other certain types of food or they smell something, they react badly. So the lesson is fine. Don't get there. In fact, there are people who, because of wearing the mask, the mask, this coronavirus brought us mask. There are people who, because of washing their hands and wearing the mask, they have been freed from some allergies, freed from cold, freed from some form of diseases. So it's wonderful. You've learned that lesson. And if your body is a temple of God, you must learn to stay away from certain things. Yes, because they are harmful to you. We live in a sin-filled world, in an environment that is not good. So we set ourselves apart to do the will of God. The food we eat is sanctified by God and set apart, but we can decide not to eat it because it is harmful to you. It is not because when you eat a certain type of food, it makes you spiritual or another one makes you less spiritual. There are rules under the Old Testament, but no more. If you choose to eat, eat. If you choose not to eat, do not eat. If it's not good for you, it is not good for you. But these false teachers, and that's the point, they make this list and they give it to you and they emphasize that whether you are holy or polluted, it is because of this. 
Then, Paul goes on. He says, these are the things that these people focus on. The false teachers are empowered by Satan. They lead people astray. They are hypocrites and they deny God's word. But when he says, beware of them, say, you beware, you the man of God. Your emphasis must be something else. The emphasis of the man of God should be on the word of God and prayer. He says it clearly, Timothy, don't be like these people, for it is by prayer and the study of the word of God that you would stay on course. Paul reminded young Timothy of this great responsibility to teach and preach the scriptures, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in reading and teaching the word of God so that he'll be nourished with the word of God. He'll be illumined by God. The Holy Spirit will equip him. Timothy has certain responsibilities in the light of the growing apostasy that was in the church. And every man of God today, hearing my voice, are you going to tell them, your pastor, your church, your leader, your Sunday school teacher, they are not to focus on those things that we listed before. Just be aware of them. But how are you to direct your life? How are you going to stay on course? What is your responsibility? Because as for this world, it looks like there are ways in which Satan generates and pollutes the atmosphere. Sometimes it's the way people speak. Sometimes it is the way they dress. Sometimes it is the way, the type of music they play. I mean, there are many, many, many ways the world recycles evil. You see, for Adam and Eve, it was, oh, this thing looks good. But today, there are many things that look good, that we are deceived. The amount of time people spend on social media, the gossips that they pass around, the abuses that they put here and there, the gambles, that they, I mean, gambling left and right, the drinks they take, the music, the pollution around and is so much that we do not see sometimes that all these are meant to cause our love for the Lord to grow cold. Yes, it's good. Zoom has come. Yes, video has come. Oh, yes, we are online worshipping God. But you see, there are some people who click that they are worshipping God. They will check in. But what else are they doing? They are double-minded. They are not there. They are doing some other things left and right. And before they know what, they have no idea of the word of God again. They have backslided. They are gone. They are gone. They are gone. Because the deceiver, Satan, is using all kinds of things to draw them away from God. And their love is growing cold. Friends, we live in the last days. The devil is busy. He has many ways of cooling us down, of causing us to stray, of hearing his voice, following the dictates of the world. Beware, beware. So Paul teaches Timothy that he must focus on two things. And that's how we end today. There are two things he tells him. Teach the church the truth. 
teach the church the truth. You are the teacher, the man sent by God. So if you put these things before the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. So teach. God wants people who know his word. He needs people to be warned about false doctrine, about the cooling away that is coming, about the world and its tricks. A minister must understand these things. We are not to major on these things, but you are to teach the whole counsel of God. We are not to ignore them. You are not going to specialize in these calls and all of these things, but you have to know that they exist and you must tell people, you must teach them. For one writer, I was reading, said something very powerful. So when you are traveling on any road, there are two types of signs. First, there's a sign that tells you destination or it will tell you Accra, 45 kilometers. What is telling you that Accra is 45 kilometers away and therefore, you'll be there very soon. If the children are asking you, how long will it take to get there? So it's, oh, we'll be there very soon, 45 kilometers away. But there's another one. You may come across the slippery road or the bridge is broken down. These ones warn you. So there's a positive one, but there's also a warning. As a pastor, as a teacher, you must teach positive doctrine so your people will know what they believe. But you must also warn them about false doctrine, false teachers, false messiahs, false leaders, false magicians. People want to lead them astray who are empowered by Satan. They must know both. Don't just be telling them, oh, we are getting there, we are getting there, we are getting there. We are going to heaven. It's 45 miles away. If you are speeding, you are speeding, you are speeding to go to that destination 45 kilometers away so that you go and relax and have a sumptuous meal. You are not looking at the other signs. Before you know what, you reach a section of the road that has collapsed. There's a river flowing down there and plunge. You plunge into the river and you are swept away. There are many who have been swept away like that because either they've not been warned by their leaders about this world or they have not taken heed. Paul is telling Timothy, teach the church the truth. Sunday school teacher, teach the church the truth. Teach your flock the truth. Whether they listen or not, you teach the truth. A pastor must teach positive doctrine so that people will know what they believe and where they are going. But you must also expose false doctrine so that people will not be seduced and led astray. Then secondly, say you, the leader, you must nourish yourself with the word of God. You, Timothy, nourish yourself. You see, as Christians, we are to nourish ourselves with the Word of God every day, every day, every day. We are to read the Word of God and meditate on it. But if you are leading people, they have obligation to even do more. Matthew 4, 4, 1 Peter 2, 2, Jeremiah 15, 16. They all teach us it is important that we grow we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God. It is in daily studying the Word of God 
teaching the word of God, being in fellowshiping, being in fellowship with God, meditating on the word of God, that God will teach us the riches of his word. And when you are preaching and teaching, people know that they are hearing from God. A good minister teaches the word that God has taught him. He feeds his soul. He feeds his spirit. And when he's preaching and teaching, out of the abundance of what he has learned and heard from God, he teaches the flock and they are impacted by the word of God. That is how we keep the true standards of this world. Friends, have we been called by God to let the light shine? Yes, let it shine. Do not be afraid because of evildoers. Be a true man of God. Be a true woman of God. And God will continue to bless you. And your people who listen to you will be guided and directed. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's coming soon. Give your life to Him as your Lord and Savior. We can be of help to you. Any Bible-believing church can help you. Call us. We'll help you. But if you know Him, live His word and teach His word. Father, we thank you for the joy of knowing and preaching your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.